It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 686 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, February 19th, 2023. And I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only, Joe at Marnus3. How are you, Joe? I'm still here. So that's good. Yay, glad to be back. Also joining us from down North Carolina way, T. Brown. How are you, T? Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, waiting for it to really warm up down here. Yes, I'm ready for spring. And from the left coast, Justice Putnam. How you doing, Justice? I'm doing just fine, floating in on a caravan of spy balloons. <laughs> there we go. And from down Atlanta way, Seth P23. Seth, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tim. Um, it's not too bad here. The sun is shining. It's 60 degrees, and I am glad to be up back on the show. Thanks for having me. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Well, down Atlanta way, it was 60 degrees. It's 56 here in, in mm. Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, and the sun is shining here. So so you are Seth B23 at stranger.social on the Mastodon. That's, that's correct. And you can also find me on Spoutable. I just started that. Uh, like this week at the same at Seth P23 and um, that's a new platform that I'm just getting used to and it's it's different but I like it it's fun I recommend it um, haven't really seen any uh, right wing nut jobs out there so that's a good thing <laughs> yeah well and um, well I, I actually created a spoutable account at Tim Cornwall like everything else but uh, right. they don't have an app yet I don't think it's correct. They do not have an app. The um, only way you can do it right now is through a web browser on your computer or on your phone. And they, they haven't made the app intentionally because it is a new platform. They're essentially trying to work out the bugs because I was listening to an interview with Chris Boozy on the Bob Seska show. And he's saying the reason we don't have an app yet is because we're trying to work out all the bugs so that when we do have the app, it works really good. Oh, so cool. if you want to, you can use a web browser and kind of get the ball rolling yeah yeah i checked in on it a couple times this last week after i created the account but yes yeah, okay so you are on that and uh, i am too and uh, so what else going on down atlanta way well you know you heard the and this is going to go into my social media thing of the week and um a little bit and i'll get more into it then but i mean the big news in atlanta of course is the health of uh former president carter of course and um you know it's just he's just such a hero to the city you know what i mean and um all the work he's done so that's that's kind of like front and center with us right now when that happens you can't really think about a whole lot but um anyway i'll get more into that when we talk about uh social media friends and um but also too i would like to mention that you can check us out on instagram my partner elena and i uh, we have an Instagram account called Vegan ESP where we have all of our vegan meals and dishes that we make, and you can check us out there. And um, But yeah, like I said, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me back on the show, Tim. Did you get called for a uh, special grand jury? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I have not called. It could happen. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the other big story, too. But uh, actually, the Carter news kind of overshadowed the – the 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 Fonny Willis thing, but yeah, that oh, just so you guys know, because I was listening to this on the podcast. Um, if there is an indictment, I I think it was uh, 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 Mueller. She wrote the uh, the podcast that Allison Gill has. I think she was saying that the laws of Georgia are such that 
that they do in indictments like this quarterly. So it wouldn't be until next month at the soonest. So um, don't expect it to happen before the end of February is what I heard. So just a heads up on that. Yeah, but, uh, well, I, everything is I do, pure speculation. I, I do hope it happens. I tell you what, man, if Fulton County is the one to bring down Trump, I will be even more proud than I already am of it, you know? Yeah. That'd well, be fantastic. Yeah. The thing that worries me is, is you know if something happens, there's going to be a whole lot of pressure on Brian Kemp from the Republican Party to to uh, can can he pardon him if if he's convicted? I want. I don't know to be honest with you. I mean, this is all new ground, and um, I'm just not 100 percent sure. And I don't know if Kemp would want to. To be honest with you, I mean, my guess is Kemp would want to kind of stay away from it and just kind of focus on his own career and whatever happens to Trump happen to trump i mean trump's never done him any favors so uh, my gut feeling my knee-jerk reaction is that kent would probably try to just avoid it and let it happen away from him but i don't know i could be wrong you're right there could be republican pressure but i don't know i kind of think the republicans want to move on from trump honestly maybe i'm wrong but maybe maybe so maybe they would take that opportunity to move on but but, well uh, if you pardon him then you're saying he's guilty well, if I was Kemp, I'd be tapping my phones for those uh, perfect calls that yeah. you'd be getting. Yeah, it was a perfect call. <laughs> All I need is 11,822 jurors. <laughs> All right, Seth, thank you so much. Always glad to have you back. And Justice, what's happening on the left coast? Well, we uh, have our, our usual train derailments, but they aren't uh, poisoning, I don't know. Too many communities, fortunately. But actually, uh, one of the big the big news is that uh, we are pushing a bill to essentially put the kibosh on the violent paramilitaries here in the state of Oregon. So that's sort of the big news right now. And of course, all of the paramilitaries are upset because they think it's violating their constitutional right, <laughs> right. to uh, overthrow the United States of America. Right. <laughs> it's just the craziest stuff. But... Uh, Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the weather, (laughs) the weather here is is pretty cold. We're expecting snow this week. So thanks a lot, all you people in the warmer climes. Right. So, yeah, we're in the mid 40s right now. And that's that's fine. It's actually quite sunny. So uh, my dear mom and I are going to at least get out and um, let her experience some of the sun from the car. But uh, uh, to... Tomorrow and the rest of the week, it might not be uh, where you want to have like a pleasure drive. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Well, it is February. It is February. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just say it is February. So. Yeah. You know, it's February. It's still winter. We went to uh, a little place out in the country not far from town called the Honey House where uh, this guy – Sells honey and other other things that are made with honey, like great pastries and whatnot. But we were both commenting on how bare the landscape is, and it's truly still winter. You know, there's not no foliage. Um, everything out in the fields are pretty low to the ground, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm I I am for the first time really want to see a change in the seasons. Usually, I'm just <laughs> we'll live and let live. But uh, this cold has gotten to the core of me. Uh, 
and it aches. And I notice that when it warms up a little bit, it doesn't ache as much. Gee. Yeah, yeah. You know, they never tell you about all of the pain and anguish that you're going to have to put up with getting old, you know. Yeah. Right. I I thought I'd be doing backflips. I had no idea. Backflips. I'd like to be able to touch my knees. Right. <laughs> well, we're all glad to have you, Justice. Tell people where they can and check you out. You can find me on Twitter still because uh, I'm I'm just watching it, you know, blow up. <laughs> but <laughs> I have joined uh and uh onto Mastodon and you can find me there at Justice Putnam at S fba.social San Francisco Bay Area and I'm also on Spoutable at Justice Putnam too over there so you can find me on Twitter Mastodon and Spoutable at Justice Putnam also Netroost Radio and over there at Daily Coast alright thank you Justice always glad to have you back and T what's happening in North Carolina way uh, let me see we are trudging along waiting for the weather to change um, apparently they now want to do another debate about medical marijuana. Oh, really? I kind of suspect that big business doesn't like the dispensaries cutting into their profits. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, they want to take another look at it and see if they need to put additional restrictions on it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, um, Alan Shaw. You know, the CEO of um, of Norfolk Southern. Oh, okay. It, it's just crazy. Yeah. I was at them now, almost three weeks later. Yeah. Well, and I heard that, yeah, they're, they're, they're just being jerks. <laughs> I'm so glad that they uh, finally called in FEMA for that yeah. East Palestine. Yeah, that's about, that's about uh, 45 minutes to an hour northeast, nor- northwest of Pittsburgh. Um, so in Pennsylvania are saying they're, they're seeing, um, residuals from it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Our water, our water in the Pittsburgh area comes from the Ohio river, which actually flows West instead of East. So, so where our water's going the opposite direction. <laughs> so, or, or the same, or it, it's not coming from East Palestine area at all. So, uh, but I heard they are still testing. They're testing to make sure because I saw that horrible cloud from the atmosphere. That looked like a city killer from Independence Day. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Scary. Ugh. And it's real. Yeah. No, that's I you know, I, I've worked in I'm sorry T to jump in here, but I worked in the oil industry and the transport of toxic chemicals. And I have no idea why they thought flaring off that stuff would be a good idea. I, it's just it's like an Independence Day, you know, you you shoot at a big object, then you got like thousands of smaller objects coming at you. Right. It just, it makes no sense what they were doing. Right. And I mean, all other I get, than the fact that they wanted to clear the tracks to well, keep commerce moving. Well, that's and, the and only explanation. The first thing I thought about was, you know, we just went through this whole thing to get to get, you know, money for the veterans for the toxic burn pits. And you basically turned the town into a toxic burn pit. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, really? Wow. I had a wonderful guy from Texas who works the oil fields, and he came into my live and broke it down to us and said, I don't know what they're thinking. Somebody needs their butt kicked. He said, all you got to do is think. You burn it, it goes up, it comes there you go. rains, it. it goes up, and that spreads it more. It yep. doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's not the kind of stuff. It's particulate matter. It's plastics. 
Yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. It, it reminds me of I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video on YouTube. <laughs> it's been out there. It was from the 1970s. It was a newscast in Oregon, and what happened was there was a a whale that had washed famous washed washed up on on the beach and it was dead and and it was the carcass was starting to rot and they were the engineers were trying to figure out what to do so they decided to just put dynamite around it and blow it up (laughs) and so they blew it up and it rained dead whale on the town oh man yeah yeah we uh we get to experience that video every year when it comes up and it's around this time of year that it happened and it's called the great whale explode the great oregon whale explosion (laughs) oh my god car smashed they they thought oh yeah it'll just vaporize it'll get blown out to sea but they had like chunks the size of half a car falling on cars i mean people could really have gotten injured badly by it but but once again the funniest part was was when the people were standing on the beach watching it being blown up, and they're standing there, and they're all of a sudden, "What's that coming down?" Oh, it's raining whale. It's raining whale. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they got the guys from the quarry to come out with their dynamite and it's just blow dumb. up a whale. People are dumb. <laughs> Do dumb shit. <laughs> um, it it uh, reminds me of Trump's idea to nuke hurricanes, which uh, is yeah, a, a you know? terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got distracted there. So, T, tell me where they can check you out. <laughs> I am still lurking on Twitter, Teresa Black seven 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 one. But you can mostly find me over on the Tickety Talk, uh, T Brown one o five. All right, thank you, T. Always glad to have you back. And Joe, what's happening up Scranton Way? Oh, we're dull up here. I'm ready for spring, man. Nothing much. It's 48 degrees here at 128. Traffic is light. <laughs> there is an accident on the southbound Casey Highway. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing much. Did you see Sven last night, Tim? I did not. Oh, my God. Steven Spielberg's first directorial debut. Oh. Yes. I saw yeah, I, I, I saw what it was going to be, but it looked pretty bad. So I was like, "Yeah, I think we're no, going to give this a miss." <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a palm sweater. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's the name of the the film was Duel, and you remember Dennis Weaver? Yeah, and and Keith Carradine wasn't Keith Carradine in no, it? Also? No, nobody's in it but, except Dennis Weaver. I oh, mean, it's Dennis Weaver against a truck. A truck. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And it was Steven Spielberg's first director's movie. Mm. And it actually got two Academy Award nominations: one for cinematography, and one for sound editing. Hmm. Yeah, yes. Was, Maybe I shouldn't movie. have skipped that one. <laughs> No, it's it's a it's a it'll have you on the edge of your seat, and it's it's only Dennis Weaver and a bunch of extras that are are in the film because he's on these windy mountain roads in California, and he yeah. just keeps stopping at these these uh, roadside diners and stuff and meeting odd people at gas stations and stuff. But it's just Dennis Weaver, and you never really see the driver. Uh, of the truck, but it's was, trying was to kill him. Was there really a driver in the truck? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, there was. Okay. Yeah, there was a driver. I just was wondering if it was one of those, like, no. autonomous driving Tesla trucks. No, it wasn't like... Time was... transported back into pre-freeway California. <laughs> no, it wasn't like an overgrown Christine or anything like that. No, nothing like that. Large well, no, there was that a driver. Movie. That's, it was a that's large a great March. movie because it shows a part of California and a time of California that's almost uh-huh. forgotten now. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't large. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't large huh? Marge from Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> the the ghost, no. the truck driver. <laughs> no, 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 no. What was so also it? cool about that movie: very little um, dialogue, obviously, and it's just Dennis Weaver being an actor, which I actually thought it kind of gave me more respect for his acting abilities because I just remembered him being like a cop, a Texas cop or a New Mexico cop in New York. I always remember it as Chester. There you go. On Gunsmoke. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Weaver, Mr. Dillon, Mr. Dillon. But, uh, yeah. So don't miss it, uh, people. If, if you get Spangoolie, or if you could get a DVD or go watch it, it's, uh, yeah, it was Steven Spielberg. And, in fact, there's a little hint. There is a scene where Dennis Weaver is – Stops at one of these roadside diner, gas station, uh, rattlesnake, uh, uh, rattlesnake uh, museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what you find in those those lonesome roads. And he naturally, there's no cell phones. I mean. He, he asked the lady who, who runs the place for a phone. She sends him to the phone booth. And while he's in the phone booth making the call, the camera is on him from outside, naturally. And you can see Steven Spielberg's reflection in the oh. window. Oh. Wow. So look for that. Wow. Right. A little Hitchcockian type of yeah. cameo there. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on... Uh, on uh, Spangoolie, you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. You can find me. No, you can't me on, find you. On, uh, you can't find. Huh? We can't find you. you. Not Twitter. Twitter I'm Mast- Mastodon. I'm, you <laughs> know what? Go. My mind is on is on uh, uh, pi- autopilot. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. You can find me on Mastodon uh, at minus three at mstd dot party party right. And uh, also on uh, WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where you find the Clown Car Update every week. And Friday night, 7 to 10 Eastern, I'm on it. Came from Cleveland over on Radio for Humans. And I, by the way, if you do watch Fanguli, Tim, mm-hmm. you know when he shows the, the, the art that, that fans set in? Yeah. And pictures? Well, what pick the pictures that they send in with their t-shirts on and things. One of the guys that he has on there, his name, and it was apropos for the movie. His name was rusty fender. <laughs> oh, now, that's funny. You may laugh at that, Oh God! but rusty fender was Scranton's WKRZ FM in Scranton. He was our traffic reporter <laughs> for decades there. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, he pops up on Spangoolie. And my wife says, isn't that Rusty Fender from WKRZ? I said, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Of course, that's 
Yes. His real name isn't Rusty Fender, but he went by that hip radio name. And he was our, our traffic guy and a DJ here in Scranton on WKRZ for years and years and years. So watch for him, too. Rusty Fender makes his Franguli debut. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Joe. And uh, Tim Cormall. Oh, okay. I am at Tim Cormall at uh, mastodon.social. On uh, the Mastodon, on the Tim Cormall on Facebook and Twitter. Not Twitter anymore. I did the same thing. Autopilot. I am not on the Twitter anymore. And, you know, right? And uh, I am, but I am on the Instagram, and, and I did join the Spoutable. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, them coming out with an app. I might be a little more active on yeah. the Spoutable when they have an app. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, TimCormall.com is the website for our show. And uh, we're available on Stitcher, Am- uh, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. And we're broadcast on Netroots Radio at 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. As well as on Radio for Humans yep. on Mondays and Wednesdays at eight nine, 9 a.m. Eastern and on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And with that, let's do a little follow me here. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow. <gasps> All right, T, who's your social media friend of the week? Uh, that would be Swerve. He is on, on um, he's actually over on TikTok. Uh, it's at Swerve91. He is um, ex-military and he does a lot of charity. A lot of charity? Yeah, a lot of charity. That's good. That's good. At S-W-I-R-V-N-91. On the TikTok, yes, I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you, T. And Seth, who are you going with this week? Well, thank you, Tim. As I had mentioned earlier before, um, my social media uh, group is going to be the Carter Center. And um, the Carter Center is the presidential library of Jimmy Carter. It's about two months miles from where I'm sitting right now, and I've been there several times for different events over the years. I remember when they built it, and they just do an amazing amount of work. And if you go to their website, which is cartercenter.org, you'll see that their logo is uh, Waging Peace, Fighting Disease, Building Hope. And one of the quotes they have here on the front page is, we can choose to alleviate suffering. We can choose to work together for peace. We can make these changes, and we must. Jimmy Carter, Nobel Lecture. And, um, you know, this is one of the main charities I donate uh, every year, and um, I have been for many years. And, you know, I, I recommend you check them out. Check out the website. There's so many things that they're doing all around the world, not just... I mean, everybody knows about the stuff that about Habitat for Humanity that uh, Jimmy Carter does around the Atlanta and Georgia area. But he also works in other countries in regards to the guinea worm issue, which is almost completely which is currently at an all time low. And um, there's just so many other issues that this group is involved in all around the country and around the world. And um, it's just a real champion of of peace and diplomacy and um 
you know, I, I highly recommend them. Check them out, you know, and consider them as maybe part of your charitable contributions in, at the end of the year, or like I do. I mean, that's what I do. And um, anywho, so I highly recommend checking them out. Again, cartercenter.org. They have several social media. They have uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. So you can check them out there. All right, the Carter Center. All these links will be in the show notes. And let's go to Justice. Who's your social media friend of the week? My social media friend of the week is Greg Dworkin at Dem from CT, standing for Connecticut. Dem at from Connecticut at Mastodon Social. He is the or a contributing editor at Daily Kos, a recently retired doctor who tweets about politics and sometimes being a doctor, a personal account reflecting his own view and i just take note of greg because he is on with uh uh david waldman on Grow in the morning the show that comes on just before mine on netroots radio five days a week and he is a very astute fellow and a great follow so do please follow greg dorkin at dem from connecticut all right. Again, these links will be in the show notes. Uh, Dim from Connecticut at mastodon.social. That's the same server I'm on. <laughs> and Yay. we'll go to Joe. My social media friend of the week is none other than Fawny Willis. Ooh. Yay. Yay. Why? It should be obvious. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay for Fonny. Uh, I, I think she's doing a great job. I really, I misunderstood something that Ari Melver said this week. I thought he said on his show that it's very unlikely that she's going to indict them for conspiracy. And I th- thought, what? And then I realized, oh, that's not, that's the broader indictment. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying she's going to narrow her her narrow her uh, focus down to just uh, election interference. Hmm. Because if she gets into the broader, if she indicts him for the broader, um, prove. not only harder to prove, it nationalizes the indictment. I heard the same thing that the feds could sweep in and uh, take uh-huh. the whole case away from her uh-huh or at the very least if they didn't do that she is going to have to involve other states in subpoenas because right. it would involve pennsylvania arizona michigan you know it would go on and on and uh so she may not want to do the broader uh conspiracy indictment so we're gonna have to see. Yep. Uh, yep. Whether she goes with the narrow, the narrow indictment or the broader one. Mm-hmm. You like? Well, and of course, you know, when that when that uh, redacted report was released, of course, Trump got on his his trough social essential. <laughs> I'm exonerated yeah, right. because my name's not in the report. <laughs> when you're the target, they never name you. Right. And guess what? There were no nope. names. There were the no report. names in the report. Right. That's right. Everybody's a target. Right. <laughs> All right. Fanny Willis on Facebook. Uh, I went with uh, 
um, Stux on mstdn.social and Mastodon and uh, SDUX. And I chose him. Because, well, well, first off, did you guys hear that news about the Super Bowl last Sunday? And apparently Elon Musk sent out a tweet. <laughs> and apparently he got all pissed off because it, it didn't get as much uh, traction as... as as he wanted yes, to, yes. and so he had them yeah, change the yeah, algorithm yeah. to force his tweet into everybody's feeds. <laughs> Talk about yeah. narcissistic man! <laughs> oh, but he yeah, well, he's saying that's a fake story, but I think it's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see who he was sitting with at the Super Bowl? <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, anyway, you needed to know. So at Stux, S-T-U-X, at M-S-T-D-N.social, he's from the Netherlands. He says, social media needs to be fun, safe, and secure again. Our team and I are working hard to keep that possible here for you. And he's the server administra- administrator for M-S-T-D-N.social. And that's one of the nice things about Mastodon that's different from the others is there's no corporate corporation behind it. All the servers are run by volunteers. And uh, and he he posted this cartoon of the uh, the Twitter bird saying, "New offer: if you pay if you pay eight bucks for Twitter Blue, you'll see less tweets from Elon." And then the cartoon Mastodon says, "Mastodon's free, and you won't see any posts from Elon." <laughs> there, there you go. go. Right. Yes. Of course, there. You you did since you're not on Twitter and stuff. I like to lurk still myself. But the uh, pushback on this algorithm, because everybody was talking about it before we found out that that's indeed what happened, is that it seems like Ellen's tweets were foremost in all of our feeds. We, you couldn't escape them. And it was really crass juvenile stuff, too, that I, you, you, you didn't want to have it pop up if you had your screen on at work. Let's put it that way. Right. And uh, so people started muting them and blocking them to basically lessen his reach even more. Hmm. Yeah, I so, muted I muted him when I was still on Twitter before I deleted my account. Seth, I think you did too, right? I did. At first I muted him and now I currently blocked him because but, I just I saw people were other people were doing that and I'm like, "You know what? I don't really care what that guy has to say." And the only reason I'm even on Twitter nowadays is just to stay in touch with a few people where that's the only place I know they are, especially people doing, who live in Ukraine and are giving us updates about the war and things of that nature. So, I I, I don't really talk I don't really hang out there that much. But yeah, I totally blocked him, and I was kind of happy about it. I made a screenshot of where we go, and it says you blocked him. <laughs> but I, 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 uh, I, I uh, blocked him. I yes, you did. Insulted him, right? <laughs> I insulted him, and uh, they blocked me. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, you you went down in flames there, Joe. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I'm waiting. I I've been doing it in increments, Joe. Because I'm going to pull a Joe Santorsa at some point here. Okay. Just blow the whole place up. But I've just been doing little things like, you know, how old are you? You know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, when are you going to grow up? Or, you know, that kind of stuff. But well, I'm going to pull it. It will be called a Joe Santorsa from now on when people <laughs> yeah, finally if, are fed up. And if you ever want to. Yeah. If you want me to. to uh, to write something for you, I I'm I got a gallon of gas here in a. a <laughs> I'm gonna satorsa my way out of there. That's right, <laughs> right. <laughs> a well, blaze of glory you want to leave. <laughs> yes, well, you know, Joe, uh, as as we say uh, most weeks, uh, we really enjoy getting our news from the uh, the late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, apparently, mm. did you see Fox News started its own late night talk show hosted by what? Oh, G- Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a real, real, real comedian. Isn't real he? comedian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so uh, Dino Badala had Liz Winstead on to talk about it because they had apparently had a big commercial on the Super Bowl for for to promote his his comedy, whatever it is. <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah, and uh, Liz said this. And now, <laughs> Gutfeld's ratings, he's going to have a Super Bowl live. I'm not kidding. The Super Bowl Sunday, touting him, Fox News is running, king of late night, Greg Gutfeld, dressed like a king. And technically, his ratings, he starts 11 p.m. Eastern time. It's a half hour earlier. But he beat Colbert, Fallon, and Kimmel now, consistently in the ratings. I don't think it's a fair comparison. I don't know one comic going, I hope I get on Gutfeld. Right. You know, comics <laughs> want to get on Fallon. They want to get on Letterman in the past. Like, who dreams of Fox News hit for Tom Shalhoub, who Tom gets on that? Like, there's a few right-wing comics. So, Liz, look, you created The Daily Show. Is is Greg Gutfeld's bullshit considered late-night comedy show? Look, here's what I always say. Uh, he ain't funny to me, but we see that there's an audience out there for shit like that. There's an audience out there for shit like Joe Rogan. There's an audience out there of fucking shitty people. If 70 million, however, 70 million people voted for Trump like Fox News, those people are going to laugh at shit that we think is fucked up so Mm -hmm. you know the bottom line is do i want them as my audience no like i i would never want to go on that show it would never benefit me in any way all that would happen was i'd try to be on there and you would just get trolls in your twitter feed from here to eternity so Mm -hmm. is he funny not to me but he makes jokes about shit that i care about which is gross i think that whole situation's gross but there's a market for it. That, the bottom line is, there's a market for it. You know what else it's I think common. is gross? Golden Corral. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Golden Corral yep. is gross. <laughs> Professional wrestling is comedy. It's just not stand-up. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, if Greg Ville, That's more, Greg more Gutfeld, Smackdown. Yeah, comparing <laughs> Greg go. Gutfeld's show Punch to... Punch and Judy. Comparing Greg Gutfeld's show to Golden Corral is about appropriate. Because <laughs> that's some nasty yeah. stuff there. <laughs> Well, does it surprise me that more knuckleheads watch Gutfield than than do Kimmel or Fallon or or uh, you know uh, <laughs> my mind went blank there for a minute, but uh, any of the late nights? But uh, like he, like he said, what stand up comic working the little bars? In, in, in cities all over the country that want to make it big are looking to get on Gothfield. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. And As I, opposed I, to get, getting on Colbert or something like that. Yeah, and another way I would look at it too is that they only have the one place to go, the right-wingers, is like that show or whatever. But if you were to combine the viewership of all the other shows – would that be larger? I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know. Because sure. there's a variety. Like, you can go to the Kimmel or the Colbert or the whatever, and you have multiple things to go. So not one of those shows are going to have probably as big a viewership as just the one right-wing show. But if you were to combine them, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Well, 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 I, every, I, every stand-up has a heckler. Now those hecklers have a place to go to sit, like, on the couch. <laughs> there you go. And I guarantee you one thing. Everybody that's watching Gutfield have at least eight knuckles that are bruised because they always drag. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just like I saw <laughs> I saw a clip of uh, somebody talking about Roseanne Barr. 
I guess, came back and, and was doing some comedy uh, show. And, like, all her yeah. jokes were just gross. They were just like, oh, my my pronouns are the, you know, I mean, you know, it's just crap that's not even funny, you know, <laughs> just punching down on people. And that's that's yeah. it. Yeah, your pronouns are shit. Right. <laughs> shit and shit. Right. As Andrew Dice Clay would say, if there was no demand, there'd be no supply. Yeah. T, were you going to say something? Sound like you cut out there. No, 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 no. It, it, absolutely right. There are those 70,000 or 70 million who voted for a certain someone who will find that just shucks and giggles. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we would not be among them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But then, uh, uh, you know, then apparently there was a little meltdown over at the Fox about uh, President Biden having an interview before the Super Bowl and uh, it just kind of fizzled out. Right. <laughs> so uh, but Don Lemon was talking about that. All right. Also today, two media titans talking and taking in the big game last night. You see there that's the head of Fox, Rupert Murdoch, who was spotted at the Super Bowl sitting to his right is Twitter CEO Elon Musk. Not everyone, though, wanted to cozy up to Fox during the Super Bowl. President Biden actually broke with tradition, and he declined to be interviewed on the network's pregame show. Typically, it's a tradition for U.S. presidents to sit down with whoever is hosting and airing the Super Bowl for an interview. So now a question has been raised by some critics of whether or not this was a missed opportunity for the president to potentially reach millions of viewers. So joining us now with his take is Semaphore Editor-in-Chief Ben Smith. That is a good question because it is a lot of people. I think it was 208 million people watched the Super Bowl last year. So how do they weigh a calculus like that of whether or not to Just go forward? Just because they watched the Super Bowl, well, I, mean, I think you know, I think it's pretty tactical. Game. I don't think this was necessarily them trying to strike some big blow against Rupert Murdoch. Although, if that's a side benefit, like I'm sure they're into it. But, <laughs> but they had tried to get the actress. They had tried to sort of go to a subsidiary Fox channel and Fox Soul Soul and and to have the actress Vivica Fox, no relation, interview interview the president. She's a supporter of his. When when that kind of hit a bump, they discarded the whole thing. Um, But I think actually it's mostly about the timing. If if you had an interview with Joe Biden, if if I had an interview with Joe Biden, you'd say, are you running for re-election? What's going on with the balloons? I don't think he. I think he wants to answer both of those questions at sort of the time and place of his choosing, and so and and it wasn't yesterday. But he did two interviews last week with Telemundo and PBS. Yeah, that's right. But I think, but I just think you, I would mostly look at like what doesn't he want to talk about? What doesn't um, he want to talk about? And also the Fox ecosystem, where where they are, especially on truth, right, yeah, and, and yeah. facts. And I think that that. I definitely think that played into it. Should he have done it? That's up I to I mean, they're not fans of Fox, but I feel like, I do feel like there's this hunger for, you know, Joe Biden to strike a blow against the evil empire. But honestly, like, you know, a couple of his people go on there with some regularity. Pete Buttigieg goes on there. And I think when they see it to their tactical advantage, he'll be there immediately. I'm not sure he sees, like, reshaping truth in the media ecosystem is, like, the main thing he's trying to do here. But then you look at, when you talk about reshaping truth in the, the media ecosystem and you see Elon Musk... Um, and Rupert Murdoch sitting there together, that gets people to wonder. And for some, it is confirmation that, see, that's why he shouldn't have done the interview with Fox. It's all, they're all in collusion, out to get Joe I mean, Biden and, and liberals and the administration. I mean, it is kind of, you know, Musk has sort of positioned himself as this rebel against traditional media, sitting next to, you know, one of the great media moguls of our era who uh, has these vast holdings. Maybe most interesting, you know, Murdoch's daughter, Elizabeth, a 
prominent media executive sitting next to Musk, who is theoretically currently in the search for a CEO to replace himself, which I don't know, I think she's sort of an interesting candidate for that gig. Were you that surprised, though, to see them sitting next to each other? I really, I, I don't think I was that surprised. No. It stood out, but it wasn't like, oh, wow. No, it seems like the most predictable thing in the world. Right. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that they actually, like, wow, they actually did it, because it's a little frightening, I must say. I was kind of surprised when, when, CNN, when, um, when Fox did the roundup of celebs who were there, like, here's LeBron, here's so-and-so. Musk was not included, which is sort of interesting to me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he doesn't like that. I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame Biden for not wanting to go on to hostile territory. You know, and besides, just because 208 million people watch the Super Bowl doesn't mean that 208 million people were, were going to be watching, you know, the president. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, at Super Bowl parties, you have the volume down on the TV until the game starts and everybody's socializing, right? On the other hand, well, they yeah. could have done the 15 minutes of hate and had people throwing their buffalo wings and beer at the screen. Hmm. What, what, what? Who's going to interview him? Uh, Tucker Carlson? <laughs> Oh, he's oh, over on the. He was over at the Puppy Bowl, uh, fantasizing drowning them. Right. <laughs> wow. But, but we, we we need to put to bed this idea that there's any upside to going on Fox. I mean, maybe send a subordinate, maybe, but Fox mm-hmm. is not there to give anybody a fair shake. Okay. Right. Well, and we, they we saw always that, we saw that with the Dominion coverage. We saw that with the Dominion. Uh, you know, yes. court filing this week. And I, do you think Joe knows anything about that lawsuit? Yes, he does. And that's exactly another reason, even though it, it seems like the Super Bowl's like from a long time ago already. Jesus. Yeah, I, I know. That was last, last week. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but I also heard that there was some question on whether it was Joe that pulled out and rather Fox at the last minute decided not to air because there's a tape. Oh, is there? Yes. And they decided not to air what they had. Hmm. Maybe because it might have set their, their viewers. <laughs> because I yeah. think at, you know, this is why it's just like, God, a week ago, so much has happened since then. But, uh, didn't Joe do something to call them out and also the Dominion suit coming to the fore and at least, you know, what was publicly acknowledged in the filings and then the tapes hmm. and hearings where they said that they knew it was all crap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, you know, that, that would pierce the bubble of what they're trying to cultivate with their audience because they know where the cash is coming from. Yeah, well, the other thing they were talking about is that, what, $1.2 billion that Dominion suing them for is the entire revenue for a year for the, the whole yeah, Fox Yeah, I know. Jeez. Hmm. I yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I mean, um, there's no advantage to try to do anything with the Fox News or anything associated with Rupert Murna. I think the information we got from the Dominion case, that's we it's clear to see these aren't serious people. Not only are they not, you know, journalists or news organization, they're not even serious. Like it was clear that in their text messages and their emails and everything, they talk about how they did they they knew it was fake, but they put it out there anyway. For different reasons. Some of it was because they were afraid Trump was going to ruin them. Some of it was because they thought they'd get more ratings. I mean, this is not a, 
these aren't people you can work with. They're they're untrustworthy. They're disingenuous. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I I hope they just get sued out of hell, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I I really, really do. Actually, uh, somebody made an important point, which is that if you you notice Tucker Carlson's texts, he mentioned – yeah, he he was very worried about the stock price. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it raises the question: I wonder how many much of their salary or compensation is stock. Could be. Yeah. And he Could was be. he was yeah. get this. He was uh, bringing this up. He being Tucker, bringing this up about their stock price because a producer fact checker. Uh, Basically, you know, said, look, like, look, you know, this is uh, bullshit or I, I, it all revolved around calling Arizona first. Right. Mm-hmm. So here is the supposed fair and balanced network who had an actual opportunity to do. I mean, they were reporting on the correct thing and then they had to deny that they reported on the correct thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this fact checker brought up this point and Tucker wanted her fired and she was fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking uh, also speaking of people you can't take seriously <laughs> is, uh, and, uh, we're going to move on to, uh, from earth one to earth two <laughs> for a little bit here over on earth two. Uh, Carrie Lake was speaking. We, we've got a lot of great candidates in, uh, for the Republican party, unlike the Democrat party. Oh, Really? They roll people Correct. out like Katie Hobbs and Joe Biden, and they expect us to believe that that's, that's what people want. And we know people don't want that. Meanwhile, we've got great candidates on the Republican Party. And on our, on our side, we've got so many great candidates that if our elections were really fair, I believe the ranks of Congress, the Senate, I think a White House, I think all the state governorships would be Republican if elections were fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. If elections no. were fair, there would be no <laughs> correct. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> they know what we know what they want. Mm-hmm. They have such great candidates. We got like uh, what Santos or Devold or whatever his name is. We got Luna. <laughs> yeah, and then we got another guy. Right? They're yeah. all frauds. They all. I. Jeez. Oh God! I mean, it's just serious. Oh, seriously! Wow. Well, if they were fair, Democrats wouldn't be allowed to vote. Well, there you have it right there, right? See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be a sort of, I don't know, we'll call it a handshake agreement that we wouldn't question too diligently the the accuracy, or not the accuracy, but the legitimacy of our elections. You know, I remember when, you know, the vote counting tabulators first came out and people are going, Oh, you know, they could be manipulated. And some old poll took us aside and said, look, you can't, you can't do that because you're encouraging, encouraging people not to vote. We want people to vote. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of like a a tacit agreement on all sides that we wouldn't go so far into questioning the legitimacy of our elections because, well, the only people who would do that would be those who would involve themselves in what we used to call active Russian measures or Russian active measures. Remember those? Mm-hmm. And so you get a carry Lake, you know, these chaos agents. I mean, the, even the term chaos agent was reserved for 
those nefarious uh, Soviet times, remember? Well, I don't know. It's just a little too cute by half. Well, and and the scary thing is now she's apparently going to run for Senate against uh, um, Ruben Gallego, who's going to be on the Dem ticket. And mm-hmm. if Kristen Cinema is on, is on the independent ticket, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. If the Democratic vote gets split, maybe she could end up in the maybe. Senate. Who knows? Maybe. I think people in Arizona hate Cinema because she started oh. off as a green or progressive or whatever, and and now she's a corporate shill, and it's not. Uh, tra- I mean, it's transparent to people there. So I'm yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is whoa, the, whoa. Is, I think it's going. I think it's going to take votes away from whoever the Republican candidate is. Well, it, I mean, the thing well, is, is she she beat what did Katie Hobbs beat her by like what thirty thousand votes, twenty five thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really close, really. <laughs> when you think well, about it, well, maybe I not see. in a small state like Arizona. Yeah, I mean. I'm just saying that in a small state like Arizona, that's actually quite a large number. Well, it was fifty. What I, yeah. it was like fifty fifty point four to forty nine point six or something like that. Yeah. So it was less than a point, or maybe a little bit more than a point. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty frightening that that woman could end up I, in the Senate. I, I think there should well, be a rule that if thing. you brought like too many uh, recounts to a court, that you can't run in like three more elections. Right. <laughs> That's a good rule. I mean, one thing to bear in mind is I see some talk about this on the Internet as well, is some people are speculating that Carrie Lake would be uh, Trump's running mate for the presidential run, you know, as vice president. So who knows? I mean, we'll see. And he may be running on on an independent ticket. With her. Right. I mean, they're (laughs) a perfect fit. They're both crazy as hell. That's why that – that's why Nikki, what's her name, got uh, into the race because she wants to be oh, Trump's gonna, wife. We're going to get to her. We're going to get to her. <laughs> we're going to get to her. I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. but uh, <laughs> but uh, then over still on Earth too, uh, Charlie Kirk was talking on his show about. And the media call. is actually starting to dance around with it. Play cut four. Have you ruled out extraterrestrials? And the general says, I haven't ruled anything out at this point. Uh, because you still haven't been oh able boy. to tell us what oh these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Colleen. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figured that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. But should we even trust anything that the government is saying? Could this all just be a false flag operation to fake an alien invasion or fake a UFO hysteria crisis to try to justify more power lockdowns control? These are all rational questions. Shut up! <laughs> but I, I do believe this. I feel like I'm being lied to. You need to shut the fuck up, right? Shit. <laughs> Jesus. God. You know, I'm sorry, but if there was going to be aliens coming to the Earth, when they saw that black cloud coming up <laughs> in the atmosphere <laughs> over over East, uh, East Palestine, <laughs> they all went, nah. <laughs> we're, we're out. We're, we're out. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
when the aliens come to Earth, they're going to go to the ant colonies because those are the true leaders of the Earth. Mm, wow. <laughs> organized species on this planet. Oh. oh like the man. Yeah, so Jeez, aliens, yeah. Aliens are coming. But, but but also, I love this, this, like, this is like Twilight Zone, you know? There's, like, any number of episodes of Twilight Zone where they talked about the fearful neighborhood who just shot in the dark and then killing innocent people because they were so afraid, right? So I, I'm thinking about all of those middle school science students who put up a weather balloon and it got shot out of the sky by a multi-million dollar weaponry from the U, from the United States because people are so afraid. Hmm. And the science project got blasted out of the sky. <laughs> by by a, a half million dollar missile <laughs> that missed. More, more than that. I mean, you still got the, the jet itself is a $23 million thing. And then. Half a mil for each of the missiles, and they shot one. They had to shoot another. Hmm. Yeah. There's a mill right there. Little kids going, all we wanted to do was measure the barometric pressure. It's 20,000 feet. We didn't know. It was a r- 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 r. Poor <laughs> yeah. kids. Yeah, they said, At what least they're it? not as traumatized as the Challenger kids. You know? What did they say? I heard you could get a one of those balloons at, at Hobby Lobby for like $12. Yeah. <laughs> do, not, do not go to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> do not go to Hobby yeah, Lobby. Yeah, no Hobby Lobby stuff. Mm. I mean, I mean Walgreens, but still. <laughs> the only time I shop at Hobby Lobby is on Sunday. Right. <laughs> if you put up the balloon. <laughs> Sorry about that, T. Go ahead. <laughs> it could have been our balloon. Uh, guys, there were three, four days there. You couldn't hold up your hand and say, Hey, we think that's our balloon. Yes. Well, yeah. and then you know, of course, his little kid's balloon. I think it was one of the worst gender reveals ever when your balloon <laughs> is shot down by the Air Force. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so John Kirby had to answer questions at a press briefing about aliens. Green, and uh, thank you, Admiral. Naturally, I have two questions. One on the um, <laughs> unexplained aerial phenomenon. <laughs> The second will be on the Russia-Ukraine war. Um, my understanding is that uh, the top officials of the Pentagon, when asked explicitly if uh, they were ruling out any kind of extraterrestrial presence, said they weren't ruling anything out. And yet at the beginning of today's briefing, albeit with her usual winning smile, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre <laughs> seemed to rule out any extraterrestrial activity. I don't think um, the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft. Wow. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there. Seriously, wow. And, and that's good. Seriously? I'm, I'm glad that he just, and that they need to do more of that. They need to yeah. just shut down the nonsense and just say, nope, 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 not yeah. going to address it because it's stupid. Right. That's because stupid. Jo- Next. <laughs> even joking about it legitimizes it. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. what a waste of time, really. And speaking of waste of time, Joe. Marjorie Taylor yes. Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, isn't she uh, apparently uh, now she's claiming that whales can fly? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's claiming <laughs> whales could fly. And uh, in, in doing some research, I, I found that in December, a few months ago, she was totally put off because Canada, one of Canada's airlines, bought a fleet of electric planes. Oh, my. 
Oh, and well, I'll get into that. Well, let's see if we hear what she had to say. I'm not sure. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep washing on the beach um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. And people are calling the alarms over how this is not only killing unknown thousands of bird species, but also causing whales to beach themselves at record numbers. Oh, okay. Whales are beaching themselves because wind turbines... (laughs) It's not because the effluent flowing off the field. Sorry? People need to call her out, too, and they need to say, look, lady, you just made that up. That ain't, nobody, that's not a thing. You know, I I feel like, you know, I was thinking about the debates with uh, Mark Flowers and her, and she was going off about, you know, this weird thing about mutilating children's genitals for sex changes or whatever. And I'm like, man, we need to just stand up to her and say, shut the fuck up. Look, yeah. that does, that's not even a thing. You well, know, nobody's you know what they're trying gonna to have... do that. And you just need to shut the fuck up. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? well, well, also, you know, these when, when whale beachings and porpoise beachings have been researched around the globe for, I don't know, even before the movie Jaws, the one thing that's uh, that's a constant is the red tide that is uh, created by effluents coming off of agricultural areas of of that beach area stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that causes a toxin, gets into a mammal's middle ear, and they they die. They beach themselves. So, but we can't talk about that. We'll call it wind farms. Well, you know what? Somehow wind farms are causing the... The whales to be disoriented. I no, they're mm-hmm. flying. How about their own chemicals coming off their? Oh, I'm sorry. Aren't the whales flying into the windmill turbine blades? <laughs> I have no idea what she. You know, you I'm know. serious. I mean, you know what they need to do? They said she was yelling at a classified briefing. She was just screaming at yep. the at the people. You know what they need to start doing to her? That somebody did recently. Uh, they just need to when she's done, just say, "Are you finished?" <laughs> Actually, I read the account of that, and one of the military types, I don't know if it was a general or who, but they basically said, you know, in, in the stern military voice, like, you've had your say, now will you give, or not will you, but I'm going to have mine. And she shut up. Hmm. <laughs> well, good. They, but I, they really, thing, you, gotta... you just need to start saying, are you finished? <laughs> and make her look like an idiot, right? <laughs> You know, we we used to have a a technique when I worked at the unemployment office. I would get calls of irate people who were upset for one reason or another. And they would call me and my mother and my sister. And they didn't know them. But, you know, they would call us, me all kinds of names, uh, accuse my mother of being a prostitute and my sister of being a prostitute and all kinds of nasty things. And I wouldn't say a word. Oh, my dog. Yeah. Uh, my dog's a bitch, which uh, she was. Um, <laughs> Even but, the prostitute uh, parrot, parrot prostitute. Right. Um, I would sit there. If it went on five minutes, ten minutes, it didn't matter. I just said nothing. Hmm? And eventually they would run out of gas, as Pretty they usually good. do. Mm-hmm. And I would say, uh, are, you, uh, are you there? Are, are you listening? I said, yeah, just get it out, you know. And then if you want me to help you, uh, when when you're ready, I'll I'll help you. Mm-hmm. There you go. Make them look like a child. Okay. And and they oh well, well, 
uh, 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 you know. <laughs> and then I would get into the problem and say, here's how we could resolve it. But, uh, you know, if you want to call me every night, go ahead. I'm not going to say a word. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're done, we have two choices. I'm going to hang up or you're going to let me help you. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Well, you don't, you don't take it out on the people on the front lines, like the people at the front desk or on the phone. You you do it on out on the road. That's what road rage is. For. Right. There you most go. of the, most of yeah, most of the time they're yelling because you know they did something terrible at their job and they got fired, and they're yelling at me that they don't get unemployment checks. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I would point out to you that you took a gun into work, right, and threatened the boss. Wow. Well, we won't go into that. We won't right? go into that, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! So it's always everybody else's fault. So mm-hmm. are we ready to see what's happening down the cloud car garage, Joe? Uh, okay, Joe? yeah, we could do that. All yeah. right, let's go down and see. We've heard a lot from Marjorie Taylor Greene. About gender January 6th or the vaccine. And now she's got a podcast on which she connects the dots. So we'll know what's really true and all her deepest thoughts (laughs) about evil liberal plots. To make us fry a fake cheeseburger by the old peach tree. Or she says Bill Gates will start sapping me. Sapping me. If we don't follow orders, his gazpacho police <laughs> will come in and snoop, examine our poop till we do what they wish and fry a fake cheeseburger from that peach, from that peach tree dish. Laughed out loud when we saw her tweets about Jewish space lasers and martial law. (laughs) She's not just dumb, she's dangerous. Of course, we can't forget. But it's hard to resist mocking her craziest comments yet. And there's worse to come, I bet. If we don't follow orders, his gazpacho police will come in and snoop, examine our poop till we do what they wish and fry a fake cheeseburger from that peach tree dish. Harasses colleagues and students as well. A transphobic provocateur. Can't believe the thing you hear from her. Now the whole darn internet is jeering at her latest gibberish. With a thousand memes and jokes about that peach tree dish. Incoherent and sure can't spell. Harasses colleagues and students as well. A transphobic provocateur. Can't believe a thing you hear from her. Incoherent and sure can't spell. Harasses colleagues and students as well. A transphobic provocateur.
Thank you, Lauren Mayer. Seth, being from Atlanta and being a vegan, I'm sure that you fry a fake cheeseburger by a a peach tree. Oh man! The Beyond Burger. I, I, I tell you, you know, I just want to apologize once again. I feel like I have to do it every time I'm on the show for for Marjorie Taylor Greene um, <laughs> being a Georgia representative. I mean, it's like, oh man, I am so we're so embarrassed. I mean, especially <laughs> everybody in the Atlanta or Savannah area. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this person is the worst. Well. And, Pennsylvania has a, has two words for you, Seth. What's that? Doug Mastriani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I hear you. Well, there you go. I hear there you. Go. And the worst thing about it is, is it doesn't look like her district is going to change much. And uh, no matter how crazy she acts and behaves and and says things, they those they look like they're still going to vote for. Her. But. I think there might be a long game for Democrats, and they may be able to chip away at it over time. But I don't know if it's going to be in the next couple election cycles, to be honest with you. I think we have to drive those people out of that congressional district, and I think I know how to do it. Uh, I think they should get a helicopter of toothpaste and just drop mm-hmm. it on it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Seth, maybe you, you, you know more about this than I do, but I – I've heard now, this shouldn't be news to me. We should know this already. But doesn't she come from a rather wealthy family? And when I hear that, and then of of the area, isn't there an an entrenched old boy and now old gals network? And you got to kind of bust through that, especially on the local level? Well, yeah. I mean, that I, I can't speak to her family. In particular, but in general, what you said is 100% right. There's definitely kind of the the local network of, of especially with conservatives, you know. And I like um, to call them like the local burgermeisters and their friends. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and typically you you have to work your way up through the ranks of conservative politics in, in southern states like Georgia and Mississippi and, and other ones like that, you know. And so um, – that that definitely is a is going to be an issue for trying to break through in districts like that where she, you know she's in control and why they chose her of all people is actually a mystery to me. I, I mean, I would have expected somebody a little bit more local than her, and um, because she's not a hundred percent from that area, whereas I would have thought they would have found somebody who was. But I, I guess her, her crazy her. Her brand of crazy just resonates with with yeah. conservatives and Republicans over there. I mean, if if I would have expected, like I said, somebody who's a little bit more local, who's gone through the matriculated up through the system more, isn't but they weird. ended up with her. So isn't go it figure. weird they they do like these focus groups at the strip malls and they go, oh yeah, we just got to go like even more crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's well speaking it, of crazy, it, it is nuts. Like like I would never have thought they really would have gone in with Herschel Walker the way they did, because he doesn't have that same, for lack of a better word, pedigree or background or experience. You know, they just went for his celebrity name and they went all in on that, which actually kind of always surprised me a little bit. I thought that was kind of a excuse the pun, a Hail Mary pass, if you will, <laughs> against Warnock. But, um, you know, 
who knows? Those guys, conservatives don't make any sense to me. Republicans don't make any sense to me. I grew up in a very conservative Republican home as a kid, and they're nothing like the way my parents and my parents' friends were. And so it's weird. Well, I, I, think, uh, I think Joe can explain it to you, Joe. Okay. <laughs> well, um, hey, look. By the way, Tim, I, you know, I always send you the, the clown car ahead of time so you can know when it's over and you could play your cue. But I just want to warn you that I rewrote the last line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because something occurred to me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this week, guys and gals, we saw more balloons floating around than Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, the difference was we were spending over a million dollars each to shoot them down. Right. I think at the end of the parade, they just deflate them, right? Right. Uh, so that's a trend we hope doesn't continue into next Thanksgiving Day. Right. Because okay? I hate to see, you know, uh, I hate to see Mickey Mouse or somebody shot down. Right. But Santa. One of th- Santa. Right. Right. <laughs> no red was involved. I mean, you don't want to be shooting Santa out of this uh, guy. You don't know. That's right. Those guys are trigger happy. No top, top guns. One of the balloons was a Chinese spy balloon, according to President Biden this week. But uh, the others were private balloons, uh, I guess, not related to Chinese espionage. Uh, so it looks like somebody's gender reveal party got a real surprise by the U.S. Air Force. <laughs> right. However... One flying anomaly got the attention of a certain congresswoman, Seth, uh, named Marjorie Taylor Greene. I believe she's from your state. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yes. So hold on to your gazpacho because (laughs) the congresswoman for Georgia declared that people are sounding alarms about countless whales and an unknown number of bird species are being killed by our wind turbines. Mm. Mm. Yeah, she's a real environmentalist now. She cares about mm-hmm. species. Um, apparently, the liberals' obsession with clean energy has caused the deaths of the once thought extinct flying orca. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you remember them from your your high school, uh, you know, uh, history classes. But apparently. A huge quantity of these whales have been flying at low altitude. Okay. <laughs> running into our turbine blades and being beached in parts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I say holy Jewish space lasers. Turbines are killing the flying sperm whale. Isn't that an abortion? Right. <laughs> well, anyway. Right. Oh, God. I got to give you the room shot for that. <laughs> and they weren't Jewish space lasers. <laughs> Remember, they weren't Jewish space lasers. <laughs> they're Rothschild. Ah, oh, that's, that's right. 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 They were a little upper uh, class, upper class Jewish space lasers. But then they oh, then they have a tape of her on like a talk show, like Charlie Kirk, and she says Jewish space lasers. Right. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this isn't the first time the congresswoman from the Twilight Zone has expressed concern about how liberals' obsession with clean energy and aviation are causing suffering. Uh, <laughs> back in December, I discovered that uh, she was all upset that Air Canada placed an order for 30 electric airplanes. So what's wrong with that? Which made her drop her petri di- pet peach tree dish in shock. <laughs> <laughs> how is there... She, and this is a quote from her. How is there 
an electric airplane. And what does that look like? She asked then, then to be as offensive as possible. She compared electric airplanes to get this slave ships. Oh, of course she what? did. Oh, right. slave ships. She's horrible. Well, let me read the quote. Remember back a long time ago when you've seen those movies where people in those slave ships and they're down there and they're rowing and they're being whipped to row? How are they going to keep powering these electric airplanes? Are they going to have – it's like a spin class and a tube? Wow. Yeah. Were they so- – where wow. they've got everybody riding spin cycles and those mean, nasty airline stewardesses, who, by the way, are, are, are called uh, flight attendants. Those nasty airline stewardesses that forced you to wear masks all the time on the plane, are they going to be forcing you to, to, like, keep spinning to keep the airplane in the air? <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, she actually said that. And really? by the way, again, airline stewardesses. Had a guinea pig on a treadmill. <laughs> they have hundreds of guinea pigs on treadmills. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, you know, airline stewardesses are known as flight attendants now. Yeah, right. You misogynistic misogyn. Right. Anyway, I know some concepts are very hard for Margie. I understand that. But by now you would think she's heard of batteries. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I've always wondered that about those guys. How do they not? I mean, you got batteries in your flashlight, don't you? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe it's like the one. Are... Maybe it's the one like the one that's running very low in her head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, she probably thinks. The Flintstones is a documentary. Right. I was going to say, that was her science class. <laughs> That's it. So I guess we should be surprised that the mad woman from Midgeville doesn't realize that whales don't fly and electric vehicles run on batteries. Right. Uh, I can't uh, uh, wait until she finds out how solar panels work. <laughs> Draining the sun's energy until it's burnt out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, since she since uh, she once wondered, if you remember, how the deep state uh, has chipped us, and she was worried about uh, uh, gates and, and and chipping us and everything. And he says, "This is a quote from her too." She said, "They probably also want to know." When you go to the bathroom, if your bowel movements are on time or consistent, and what else do these people want to know? Well, there's one thing I want to know. Mm. Why do your bowel movements come out of your mouth? Right? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's a good question. Good question. Why do these people, These they probably also want to know uh, when women have their uh, menstrual cycles? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. So the police could arrest them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure T has a little bit to say about that, <laughs> right? We are. DeSantis is way ahead of the game. He already wants to keep track of that, and yeah. I hear Abby too. Yep. yep. In crack. Crazy. You know the well, I, that- I think did, did wasn't there a comedian that uh, was on uh, this week or last week who uh, wanted to deliver her minstrel. Uh, her menstrual cycle, the entire, all the all the details of her menstrual cycle. Oh, okay. 
which I don't want. I think it was uh, Chelsea Sandler. Oh, Chelsea mm-hmm. Sandler, yeah. 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 Might have been her, or maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was a politician, Democratic politician in Florida, who said DeSantis will get the records of these menstrual cycles when all these women athletes uh, mail in their tampons. There you go. There you go. So uh, analyze this, mofo. Right there. Suck but, on this. Uh, also, buddy. the guy who is administering this uh, program for DeSantis is the same guy who was dealing with uh, Trump's border issues and was doing this to uh, separated uh, teenage Latin girls that they separated at the border from their parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so I, I don't know. It's all sick, tectonic Nazi BS to me, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what about, I thought they were against big government. How, how, isn't this big government when wow. you get into people's personal lives? I mean, wow, that's a little different. Big that's government different. is is at water speed. They're not against know. big government. They're against big government uh, uh, that helps people. <laughs> right. Like the most evil president in their mind is Jimmy Carter because mm-hmm. he was so mm-hmm. empathetic. And nice, yeah. And that is that's a total threat to their their cosmology, right? I mean, I it it's just sick. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, no. And and yeah. what else is sick? Did you see that there was one of the Super Bowl ads? Was this uh, he gets us thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I, so Joy Reid had I a kept little, telling everybody. Joy Reid had a little bit to say about it. There were the ads, which, in my humble opinion, were really not that great this year. But two from a group called the called He Gets Us really stood out, telling viewers to be childlike and urging us to look past our differences with the tagline, Jesus loved the people we hate. But what those ads didn't tell you is who is behind the He Gets Us campaign. It's part of a $100 million campaign to help promote Christianity and build the brand of Jesus, according to its backers, because his, his brand has really just never been built before. Most of its donors are anonymous, of course, but David Green, founder of Hobby Lobby, the craft store with a history of funding right-wing religious causes, is a donor. As Lieber News points out, He Gets Us is a subsidiary of the Servant Foundation, a Kansas nonprofit. Adding that, between 2018 and 2020, the Servant Foundation donated more than $50 million to the Alliance Defending Freedom, a group that has led fights against abortion and non-discrimination laws and is designated as an anti lgbt LGBTQ hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Alliance Defending Freedom drafted the Mississippi law at the heart of the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. And they're currently behind a Texas lawsuit seeking to reverse the FDA's approval of the abortion pill, Mifepristone, and to ban the drug nationwide. In other words, it's not as apolitical as he gets us claims. And I think it is fair to say Jesus Christ wouldn't spend millions of dollars on television ads promoting his image. I mean, but who knows? Next year, if his brand is sufficiently promoted, maybe he could find a way to improve the officiating. Right. Just saying. Amen. Just saying. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Seriously? And they wonder why young people aren't, aren't, aren't flocking to the churches? <laughs> yeah. Well, they do that kind of stuff. And, and why people are walking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, this whole He Gets Us campaign, it just it, it smacks of a particular kind of indoctrination that I really hate. And, um, uh, you know, they soften you up 
they promise you utopia, right? All of this. And then it turns out to be a cookbook. Yeah, well, um, you know. Yeah, and, to serve man. Yeah, it says right there to serve man. And then we're going to you know, follow this Bible. And the next thing you know, you're fattened up, happy, and going to another planet to be eaten. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and look, you know, we see all over the country these anti-trans, anti-books, anti-this, anti-that, taking mm-hmm. books off the library shelf but they couldn't but they want to hand children guns seriously six-year-old walks into the classroom and shoots his teacher six-year-olds in some state can now walk the public streets with a with a gun out right in the middle of the street but if he brings a book about slavery into school he's going to the slammer and then you got kyle rittenhouse who can take a gun across state lines and kill two people and injure some others i mean it's not well, actually the guy who sold him the gun was in the state and he was really sorry, but he threw his ass in jail hmm. just this last week. Really? The guy that gave him the gun is serving some time and his uh, whiny ass crying at, on the stand plea to give him some leniency didn't work with the judge and threw his ass in jail. Well, so, did, did so you are you saying he, he was convicted of the crime of selling the gun to Kyle Rittenhouse? Apparently, all I know is he went to jail. It was in Ross story and, and the local, not Kenosha, but maybe it was a Kenosha. Would but he, you're saying it, it wasn't something else. It wasn't a different matter. It was no, no, it's the guy that supplied the gun that Kyle Rittenhouse used in in murdering those people. Well, did you, that that's nuts. that's what that's how I. I will always look at it. I'm sorry, but that's no. You're right. You're right. You're but 100% did, right. Did you it was see? Murder. Did you that's see true. that he was going on? Um, on the right-wing talk shows last fall complaining because no college admissions board would allow him <laughs> into their school. Yeah, I mean, how could you? I mean, that guy's just... Is can you imagine, just, can you imagine yeah, the totally. guy that was in the tower, you know, back in the day at Austin? And, you know, the tower shooter. Oh, yeah, we'll let him go to school after all that. Right, yeah. yeah. He was just having a bad day. But, I mean, seriously, we've gotten to the point now where every day there's another mass shooting. You know, it's it's or or multiple mass shootings a day. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And Morning Joe was talking about this it. This is the 67th mass shooting in the U.S. this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. So, guys, think of yourself as a student at Michigan State no. last night in the library or someone else doing your work, and you get an alert on your phone that says, run, hide, or fight. That seems to be where we are right now. Yeah, it, it really is. And, um, you know... It used to be after each one of these mass shootings, people would talk about how to stop these mass shootings. And uh, people on the far right, uh, the gun lobby, uh, gun manufacturers would scream, oh, don't politicize it, don't, don't talk about it. Um, but, but this is, what is what, what did we say? This is the 67th mass yeah. shooting just this year? Yep. In two months, they're practically mass shootings well, there are, on average, mass shootings every day in America. And uh, what's, what's wrong with a country, let me say more specifically, what's wrong with state legislatures, what's wrong with governors, what's wrong with members of Congress, what's wrong with, with elected leaders? They don't do everything that they can to stop mass shootings in America. This 
does not happen in other industrialized this nations. Problem. This right. is an American phenomenon. It's not just about mental health. It's not about video games. It's not about any of the things that the apologists for the gun lobby says it is. This is about guns and the proliferation of guns, the continued proliferation of guns. And Gene Robinson about the fact that you can't, I mean, you, you, you can't even get the most basic of reforms put in place. You know, 90% of Americans, let me say it again, support universal background checks. Mm -hmm. But the people stopping that, they'd rather talk about the three trans athletes in Utah. Are, are, they'd rather talk about the 0.003% of the population that's driving them crazy. They'd rather talk about gas stoves before they would rather talk about Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. They always find distractions. Instead of talking about the fact that we have mass shootings every day and our children can't go to school safely without worrying about being shot, Parents can't send their young babies to school without worrying about being shot. And this continues. And again, listen, there's just no way, no other way to put it. It's a Republican Party that's mm -hmm. allowing this to continue to happen in America. Let me say, as you look at those haunted faces, it is the Republican Party. It is the Republican Party that allows this gun culture to spread. We have yeah. mass shootings every single day. Mm -hmm. And all yeah. they say is there's nothing we can do about it. Now, NRA, give us more money. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's just, we've, we've, we're living in topsy-turvy world, really. <laughs> you know, it's like stupid. I mean, oh, we're all worried about woke. Oh, oh my God. Woke and, and books and, oh, grooming kids. But, oh, it's fine to just give a six-year-old a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's not grooming. Jeez. That's not indoctrination. I mean, seriously. I saw an interview I saw an interview with a student at Michigan there who uh, was a little kid in Sandy Hook. Right. In Newtown. Right, exactly. I saw that. Unbelievable. But, you know, I guess uh, Nikki Haley's going to fix the world for us. <laughs> Yeah, good thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> wow. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg had a little bit to say about it. The Republican playing field for the 2024 presidential race just got a little bigger. Former South Carolina <coughs> Governor Nikki Haley released a campaign ad making her pitch to the people. Take a look. My parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts <laughs> them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Uh -huh. So, Nikki, 
You know, since you have been asleep all this time and you just woke up, <laughs> you're just finding out that there are things about our country that are not perfect. And for us to pretend that it is and that nothing happened is ridiculous. So you're not saying anything new. And you of all people should know better because you used to actually have some sanity and knew right from wrong. Yes. And then you lost your mind and, and went in some new direction. So don't do that. Right. Well, she's part of the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, there are these there are these politicians on the right who now have become like mentally crazy, you know. But her problem is that, you know, not only was she a big uh, Trump supporter and elect, uh, she's an election denier, too, isn't she? Yeah. At, one she? Point, at one point, at one point, she, was. she changed. She flip flopped on that. Yeah. But she also backed Herschel Walker, one of the worst candidates we've ever had. I mean, second only may, or second only to George Santos, maybe. Right. Oh, Nikki Haley. Oh, it's so wonderful. She's getting in the please give me a break. <laughs> She's a yeah. terrible candidate. You know, yeah. oh. um, I just ran across this thing here on um, actually Spotable. It says it's a thing. I guess she tweeted it. She says uh, George Washington turned an army of ragtag troops into an unstoppable force that defeated the British and secured America's independence. And here's the good part. As president, he oversaw the creation of our Constitution and showed the world what it looks like to govern by the people and for the people. And, and to that, that the person, uh, his name is John Ogwin, says, the Constitution was written and ratified before George Washington became president. The Constitution created the office of president. It would have been impossible for him to have been president until after the Constitution right? was ratified. <laughs> and he points out, yeah, and, and this and this person wants to be president and doesn't even know that. And and might we also add that the actual creation of the Constitution? I mean, it's not like Washington wrote documents and you know was a mysterious author in the Federalist Papers. I mean, he was. <laughs> You know, he wasn't really part of that creation of the Constitution, though he did say, you know, he didn't want royal, royalty uh, substituting royalty. He didn't want, uh, you know, nepotism and all of that. So, yeah, but uh, mm. yeah, it, it, it's this this whole anti-intellectual uh, uh changing history around and people hear parts of it and they now believe certain things because Nikki Haley said it. You, you'd think that they would have a sense of responsibility to America. Well, you know, did anybody notice her, uh, little video, a little, uh, contradiction there, right? She's telling us what a non-racist country we are. And before she gets into that, she tells us how she grew up in a community where the railroad tracks separated the whites from the non-whites. Right. Hello. Uh, yeah. uh, Nikki, y- you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because, you know, you just showed us what a fucking racist country we are. No kidding. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, I don't watch CNN, but apparently there was this huge controversy, you know, because Don Lemon, they played the oh. video of her – saying, oh, it's time for a new generation of leadership because Joe Biden is so old. And then, you know, Don Lemon just pointed out, well, you're no spring chicken either. And then, oh, my God. 
Oh, it was the biggest scandal on CNN that, oh, he pointed out, he said that, and oh, he had to come on and apologize, and they had all these people coming out and calling him out for calling Nikki Haley old, and all this, and I was just like, and oh, it was so sexist and ageist, and well, hello, what she said was ageist about Biden. (laughs) Right. Right. And he was just pointing out the fact. But oh my God, it was so... Morning I show grew up scandal. In a community where the railroad tracks separated the whites from the non-whites. Well, so what? Oh. So did I. <laughs> and, we're, and we're not a racist country. Oh, <laughs> what? You're showing yeah. the proof. Excuse exactly. Me. exactly. And then, then the implication that if you're for due process and equal protection for all, that you're somehow anti-American. That you, you, you don't believe in the true ideals of what it is to be America because you believe in this equality. I mean, this implication, right? Mm-hmm. So my my argument to that, or my question is like, well, how do you explain the Tuskegee Airmen? How do you explain the four forty second? You know, people, you know, the 442nd, you know, the Japanese contingent of people who had been incarcerated Mm -hmm. in, you know, our concentration camps here, who saw Mm -hmm. the promise of America was worth fighting for. Same with the Tuskegee Airmen. Same with the the soldiers in the Civil War, the the black regiments. The Mm -hmm. same. And so why can't we learn that history? Right. The glory of America is exemplified in the people who are enslaved as property seeing the promise of America as something greater than just being property. I don't know why that can't be taught and why that is now being criminalized. And ignored. Well, I mean, and exactly to that, listen to this clip from uh, Jean-Pierre uh, you know, uh, uh, at one of the White House press briefings, one of, literally one of the reporters asked this question. Um, one of the most prominent themes that we hear from both elected Republicans and and candidates um, has to do with uh, what is called wokeism. Um, And we hear about an anti-woke agenda. And this entire subject reminds me of what Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart once said about obscenity, that he couldn't define it, but he knew it when he saw it. Uh, And so we hear so much talk about woke capitalism, a woke military, and so on. And by way of trying to clarify this for the American people, I wonder if we couldn't begin with a threshold question to wit, is President Biden woke? So let me tell you um, what the president cares about and what's important to this president. The president doesn't, doesn't concern himself about what Republicans are trying to do in creating political stunts, in making an issue uh, out of the things that they feel benefits them politically, not the American people, not what matters to the American people, but what benefits them politically for their own, uh, for their own ability to move forward. What the president cares about is exactly what I just talked about and what he talked about at the legislative conference, which is how are we going to continue to deliver for the American people? You heard him say that at the State of the Union. You heard him talk about how the economy has grown the last two years, the progress that we have made. And guess what? He wants to continue that progress. He wants to continue to move forward to make sure that 
we lower the deficit, which he did the first two years by $1.7 trillion, and be fiscally responsible. But he's, but he's, but he wants to work with Republicans on how we are going to continue to deliver, how we are going to build on the economic progress that we're seeing. That's not what they want to do. What they want to do is they want to cut Social Security. What they want to do is they want to cut Medicare, and they want to take us back and not actually deal with issues that matter to the American people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you're an American out there and you hear your congressional member talking about how they want to cut Social Security, talking about how they want to cut Medicare, something that you have worked very hard for many, many years and paid into so you can get those programs. But yet, that Republican senator who we've been talking about from Florida has continued to talk about how they want to sunset these these uh, uh, these programs. That's not what we're about. We're about fighting for these uh, for these programs, and that's what you're going to see from the president, and that's what he cares about. There you go. Yeah. Is the and president you know, woke? Please, uh, bitch, please. <laughs> Karina is doing a great job. You know, I've I've always been a fan of hers. I was a fan of because because I work in military and government public affairs and i have to see these briefings pretty much on a daily basis and um even when jen saki was the white house spokesperson kareen would fill in for you know occasionally and i was always impressed with her i was like yeah this she she gets it she knows how to do it she knows how not to play into their games and to answer the question the way she wants to and not fall for their stupid little traps or whatever or their whatever their games and so when I heard that she was going to take over for Jin Saki, I was like, well, this is a step in a great direction because, I mean, she is really smart, really good. And I, mean, I think she just demonstrated it right there. She's just like, look, I- I'm not going to let you get into some weird catchphrase buzzword thing for your network and whatever. I'm just going to tell you what the president's agenda is and leave it at that. And I, I think she's amazing. Well, I think they just need to start calling it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they need to, every, every time they ask, what well, is so, what about woke? Can you define what woke is? <laughs> yeah. It means different things to different people. I right. mean, yeah. And, and, w- woke is, woke is uh, being honest about America. Mm-hmm. Being honest about who we are, where we came from, how it was built. Woke it's is about be- teaching children real history. Woke is having empathy for people who are different from you. <clears throat> right. The learning. Mm-hmm. Which is something right. they seem to want to grasp. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know where the the phrase woke came from, but it came to from- me it's... it's it's it means you're being honest about the past. You know, Christopher Columbus was a monster, mm-hmm. not not a great explorer. So let's talk about him. The country was built built on slavery. Let's right. talk about that. Right. Okay. Everything we have. I didn't own slaves. I hear people say. Well, I know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I went but everything my- you benefit from today in 2023 is built on what was done 200 years ago, 400 years ago, okay, when they brought slaves here to build this country. So don't tell me you don't benefit from slavery because every person who is not a descendant of slaves is benefiting from something that the slaves did. 
Mm. And if you call that CRT, I don't know what you call that. I call it a real history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% right, Joe. And um, But they're trying to, like, take this word woke and reshape it into something that it is – it's never – I don't know. They're trying to give it their own definition, which means some sort of weird, outrageous left-wing agenda. And that's not even a thing, you know? It's, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier again, earlier when I was talking about that debate with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Marcus Flowers and this that they were going to have forced sex changes of children. She actually said that in the debate. And, yeah, she um, did. These things are just ridiculous and they're crazy, and that's what they're saying wokeism is, and and that's nonsense. It's if just, I might, if I might jump in, the sure. phrase "woke" emerged in the '30s in black jazz and poetry, and uh, literally means to uh, be alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what has done is this is the normal sort of thing that authoritarians have always used is that you take something that's near and dear to a particular culture or peoples and you turn it around and you change the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that when they use woke as a pejorative, what they are doing is they're using the N word. This is all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when it's applied to a white person, it means that they are a race traitor and an N word lover as you know, as a pejorative, right? Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. the worst thing that could be. And so this is when you have people like DeSantis, who's aptly uh, named DeFascist. Mm-hmm. He's doing this consciously. His Ivy League education is coming to the fore here, let me say. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I saw a, a, a news clip they were talking about this craziness, and I just opened up my Mastodon profile and added one woke-ass MFR. <laughs> <laughs> To the end of it, because I'm just sick of it, you know. And and and, and, and like what capitalism is socialism. What the? What, it's it's just it's the Ministry of Truth is what we're dealing with. Here, Seriously, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, being led by Christopher Rufo. He is there the Gendridge. Mm-hmm. He does trigger words. He does um, grooming. He does. Um, the communists, the leftists, he does this. Every six months, he comes up with something, throws it out there, and the conservative maelstrom just starts repeating it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely. People are really good with yeah. propaganda. And then we have people like uh, G- uh, Barr, uh, what's his name, on, on HBO? Oh, William, mm-hmm. Bill Maher. Bill Maher, yeah. Bill Maher. Uh, who has to has to pretend like like he's he's the cool liberal? He can see both sides and everything, he's no and he's attacking. Uh, yeah, he's an asshole. He's a libertarian, maybe, but no liberal. He's an yeah. asshole. Well, what he is. You want to hear? What- and you know, I, I, I just let me let me say that uh, there is a you talk about history and everything. There was a, a series on on TV. It's on Hulu now. It's called The Terror, and. It's in two seasons, but the second season is about what we did to the Japanese Americans mm-hmm. in interning them. And yeah, it's a horror mystery. It's a horror movie, but it also the backdrop of it is an education right. for Americans who don't know what a racist country we are and what we did to the Japanese Americans. Right. Well, that's what George. I mean, George Takei. His his George Broadway Takei play. is in it. Yes, his Broadway yeah. play Allegiance is exactly. George Takei is in the terror. 
Is he? Yeah. If you, if you look at the season two infamy, the terror infamy, uh, it was done in 2019, and George Takei is the star of the show. Wow. And although it's a it's a it's it's a you know a a, a horror show. It also has the backdrop, and it shows the real treatment of Japanese Americans, mm-hmm. and how they were, how their families were torn apart, how they were torn apart, and then they had the gall to go into those camps and recruit the males to go into the military. That's what the four forty second was derived. Christ, I mean, come on, and they don't want to teach this. Well, I actually least- have some. I have some personal involvement with this. My stepdad was one of those who he's an Issei, first generation Japanese who uh, grew up on a farm in the coastal hills above Dana Point. And uh, come the day when they were ordered to sell their farm for pennies on the dollar, packed Mm -hmm. up what they could put on a cart, only allowed like, you know, one spoon each, this kind of stuff, one Mm -hmm. blade each, Mm -hmm. and traipsed down to a uh, transfer center Mm -hmm. uh, just outside of L.A. and uh, taken to Thule Lake and then to other places from there. And recruited. Uh, actually, they they were drafted. They couldn't mm-hmm. actually they were couldn't right. really join, but they were drafted. Fought in Italy. Uh, won a bunch of medals, bronze star type of stuff. And one of the most patriotic people I ever knew. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So if you want to do yourself a treat and you want to learn about what what America's racist history is like, go and watch the Terror. But season two, infamy. And, and and you'll and 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 George Takai is in it, and Takai is in it, and and believe me, uh, this is the things that 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 the DeSantises don't want you to see. Mm-hmm. This is what they don't want you to know about what we do, and what we still would do if we had the chance. Mm-hmm. If there yeah. weren't conscientious people in this country That's right. who won't stand for it anymore. That's right. DeSantis doesn't want to teach the Civil War. It'll be the Northern War of Aggression. There you have um, it, they- right there. Here's the thing. I did a two-hour live where I talked strictly about the concentration camp. And there were people who came in talking about, no, that didn't happen. That didn't, no. And then I directed them over to the Devil's Punch Bowl, the slave concentration camp after what took place after the Civil War. Hmm. And they could not believe this. What we're teaching, we're not teaching real history. Well, this Mm -hmm. is it. They don't. They, they don't want to teach real history. They don't want people to have empathy. So, yeah. but you well, know, but it got the, so bad that I mean, this has been withdrawn. But uh, the Republican uh, legislature in Montana uh, was uh, furthering a bill to ban the teaching of scientific theory. Mm, yeah, think of uh, that. Yeah, think of that you, because. Because it's Nuts. not a fact; it's a theory. Not, I, I mean, the whole scientific method is essentially—they don't even understand what theory means. Well, did did you see which state is it? Idaho or somewhere one of one of the states where they actually have have a bill in the legislature to make it a misdemeanor crime to give someone a vaccine, uh, an mRNA, right. mRNA vaccine. mRNA, <laughs> right? Jesus, these people—that's nuts. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should encourage them to go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead and bloodlet yourselves. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> let us stop you. Yeah, well, and uh, then we saw uh, 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 someone from our past raise their head here. Right-winging, bitter-clinging, proud-clingers of our guns, <laughs> our God, our, and our religions, uh, and our co- 
Constitution. Oh, she went on Newsmax. You know, for him, it's going to be the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. Does he think DeSantis jumps in? DeSantis doesn't need to. He, I envision him as our president someday, <laughs> but, but not what? right now. Everybody I speak with in Florida, they all love him. And he does set the tone for, I'd say, every other governor in the nation. I think he's our best governor. Stay governor for oh. a bit longer. He's young. You know, he, he has, he has decades ahead of him where he can be our you, president. You know what's terrific? Um, Sarah Huckabee, Sarah Sanders, I should say. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Sanders delivered a, a wonderful response to this. Uh, speech. She's oh fantastic. She, <laughs> really? I believe, bumped herself up to everyone's yeah, VP nonsense. ticket choice. <laughs> What do you think? Who would, who, yeah, what, go ahead. What's the, the best Republican ticket, the best chance to, to be unseat Joe Biden, whoever runs? Well, I, I think, and I'm assuming it's going to be Trump. It's a nominee. Trump needs to choose somebody who, like him, has nothing to lose. Like me. What more can they like do me? to that person personally or uh, verbal attacks or anything else on, on family? That person has been through the ringer, so they know what they're getting into. And that person then can just focus on doing what's right for the people, actually governing <laughs> how they campaign, doing what they're expected to do as elected. Uh, are, you, are you describing yourself? Not necessarily. <laughs> However, uh, I'll tell you the opportunity that I had to run um, with with someone who wasn't as uh, common sense constitutional conservative as I, and I think the majority of of um, Republicans were, uh, but still having the opportunity to to form a team like that in running, in offering ourselves up in service to America. Oh, my goodness. No greater honor, no greater opportunity. Uh, the world vision that you're able to have after such an experience, it bodes well for future experiences. Boy, I tell you what. Oh, you mean it prepared you for future experiences? It, that maybe, too. Maybe a 2025? Well, Has there been any discussion with, with Trump? Oh, we what President Trump and I have talked about is kind of the same thing that we're talking about. <laughs> and when you got nothing to lose, it's freeing. It's liberating. It's like, you guys, you people, we will do. We will. He will, anyway. Do whatever it takes to serve the people in in collectively America's best interest, putting America first. It's not about self. Uh, He's got nothing to self. lose, that's like her, I say. That's right. The public service. Public service. The public. There you go. That woman is an idiot. No, I think we all said. Uh -uh. No, no. Uh -uh. No, 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 no. No, ma'am. No, sirree. No. No, we told you that. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> Wow. This still goes to my argument that they don't really care a whit about the ideals of America. They think that Sarah Palin represents, I don't know, feminism. Yeah. So that, you know, that, that they're going to throw out a Sarah Palin to counter our feminism on our side or whatever. They throw out a Herschel Walker. I mean, this is the most we, we used to use the term patriarchy. Patronizing back in the day, it's it's really a patronizing bigotry that is really it's offensive, and I thought it was put to bed, but apparently not. Oh my god! It's, yeah, cynicism is what it is. T, yeah. T, you were saying something and cut out. What, what what were you saying? Her ego. Oh. You, you know when he said, "Oh, do you mean well?" You know, uh, yeah. You're trying to show yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. she was. When that, I think of lack of ego, the last person I think of is Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sarah Palin would be the perfect running mate for Donald Trump. <laughs> I still say it. I hope he loses the nomina the GOP nomination and runs as an independent. <laughs> oh, 
I heard that he could actually run from a cell at Leavenworth. Oh, there you There's go. There's no law that prevents him. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I hope. I hope. And here's the I day. hope here's he has a, a stroke. I hope you guys pay attention to. Uh, last time it was a large field. That's how he freaking won. Mm-hmm. So when they start falling out the trees, all saying they're running. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah person they're going to put up will be Donald J. Trump. That's mm-hmm. right. That's well, right. you see more than three people running, there's that, you know, the... That's what I say. My hope is that he has a stroke. And I say that because his fucking son said of John Fetterman called him Senator Vegetable. Yeah, that's so... That's, uh, oh, man. That's horrible. horrible. There's no, there's no grace. You know, really? Graciousness on their really? part. Really? Unbelievable. Is that what you're going to call Absolute your father when he's cool. he's drooling in a nursing home? Yeah, mm. right. He's just, Fuck you. Just um, Oh, and did you see the thing he was whining about people saying he's on coke? <laughs> and, and oh, that's Stephanie, hilarious. Yeah, did you see Stephanie Miller grab a clip of him saying, Don Jr.'s on coke? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bob Seska did a whole thing about that, too, on his podcast, and it was absolutely hilarious. um, So apparently the story behind that was is he was on – Don Jr. was on a podcast with somebody, and he's like, hey, just because everybody – I give an impassioned speech on Twitter or whatever, everybody's like, Don Jr.'s on coke. And so they kept using that soundbite, and it was just absolutely hilarious because, (laughs) I mean, we all – I mean, look. I mean, that guy – <laughs> he definitely seems like he's on something when he gets. I was going to say, I'll concede fancy. he's. I'll concede he's not on coke, but he's got to definitely be on meth. Yes, <laughs> yes, well, oh yes. yeah, or something uh, us normal folks don't know about yet. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's on some new shit. Well, Who knows? Well, uh, Joe, our, our late night, our late night show fan, fans. Uh, <laughs> That we are. Uh, We'll close out this week with Stephen Colbert. There's big news out there about former U.N. ambassador and woman enjoying intestinal regularity since she started eating delicious Activia. (laughs) Nikki Haley, because this morning, Nikki Haley announced that she is running for president. (laughs) As she said in her campaign announcement tweet, get excited. (laughs) A grateful pass. Of course, any campaign veteran will tell you there is no better time to drop the biggest political news of your life than on Valentine's Day at 6.48 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Day everyone's thinking about something else at a time when no one is awake. <laughs> Only way this could make a smaller splash is if Haley had whispered it into a bowl of soup. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, Mushroom Barley, you want to hear a secret? <laughs> I'm never going to be president. <laughs> right. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Haley's first campaign video starts with these words. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. I was different for many reasons. For instance, in my family, we kept the family photographs on the sidewalk. (laughs) It made them very hard to dust. She went on to toss out some classic culture war red meat. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, 
but racist. Yeah, she knows America's not racist. She learned that as a little girl in her hometown that was split by a railroad track right down the middle to keep the white people on one side and the black people on the other. You know, not racist. Right? <laughs> she finished her video with a warning to her opponents. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. That's right. She doesn't put up with bullies like the ex-president. She just, and this is true, calls bullies to get their opinion on whether she can run for president. Because <laughs> nothing says strength like picking your bully's brain before doing anything. Hello, Trevor, I'm just getting dressed for school. What would be easier for you to yank up my butt crack, boxers or briefs? <laughs> I'll do either, or I could... <laughs> I could go commando. <laughs> But the former president isn't the only one that Haley called for advice. You see, Nikki Haley and I are both from South Carolina. She used to be the governor down there, and we go way back, in fact. And I don't talk about this, because I know if I do, it's going to make news. We are best friends. And a couple <laughs> weeks back, Nikki called me up and said, Hi, person I admire most in the world, Stephen Colbert. Is it okay with you if I run for president? Well, I almost spit out my paper straw. And I said... <laughs> You are perfect for it, girlfriend. I don't know anyone more woke than you. And she said, okay, but first I have to cook my favorite meal on my electric stove, Impossible Burgers and Lesbian M&Ms. <laughs> Best of luck to you, Nikki. I'm happy just to help. <laughs> People. Yeah, she's gonna go all the way. There you go. She's gonna go all the way. <laughs> wow, that was great. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. All right. Let me, well, let me spit out my paper straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's what it's come down to. <laughs> She's going to make impossible burgers on her electric stove and have lesbian <laughs> M&Ms. So, <laughs> wow. So, Seth, tell people where they can check you out. All right. Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, I am at SethP23, and you can find me on Mastodon. I think if you just search for that, you'll probably find me. Um, and the same thing is on Spoutable. Uh, you can also check out my partner Elena and I's uh, vegan blog uh, instance on Instagram at VeganESP on Instagram. And uh, this is a great show. Always good talking to you guys and glad to be here. Thank you, Seth. And again, always glad to have you. And T. Thank you guys for letting me come on. I always love coming over to play. You can find me over on Mastodon at T. Brown. Uh, that actually also at OHIA.social or over on Tickety Talk at T. Brown 105. Thank you, T. And Justice. You can find me every day at my electric stove and my electric air fryer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also on uh, Twitter, Mastodon and Spoutable at Justice Putnam. Five mornings a week for West Coast Cookbook and Speakeasy on Netroots Radio. Also, uh, Music Sans Frontier Sunday nights on Netroots Radio and over there at Daily Coast. Thank you, Justice. And Joe? You can find me on Mastodon. At Martin's three, uh, at mstdn. Dot party, and you can find me on Facebook and on WordPress, jcantorsa.wordpress.com, where we have the clown car update every week and Friday night, seven to ten Eastern. 
um, on a show called It Came From Cleveland, because it comes from Cleveland, and it's on Radio for Humans. All right. Thank you, Joe. And you can follow me at Tim Cormall at Mastodon.social on Mastodon. Also on the Facebook, the Instagram, and now the Spoutable. And uh, with that, we'll close out the show this week with our, our good buddy Lauren's latest song, Don't Be a Megan. Because <laughs> ah. uh, Megan Kelly. All right. So take it uh. away, Lauren, and we will see you all soon. When smug, entitled white women act rude and overbearing, we use a common name for them. Let's say it rhymes with Sharon. But why should we blame all the nice folks with that name? When there's one gal who's never let a fact strike her. So kids, this song will teach you not to act like her. Don't be a Megan, don't be a shrew. Don't think we're dying to hear from you. On issues where you're clueless, you snarkily opine. But you can stick your opinions where the sun don't shine. Nobody asked you to prosecute or proctor Whether the first lady is referred to as a doctor Your latest whining rant has us begging Don't be a Megan Don't be a Megan, don't be a nag Someone who's an overpaid and overrated hag don't be so toxic, so racist and unfair That a network pays you 30 million to get off the air Don't claim you didn't know that blackface isn't okay And then later on defend it, which gives your game away Get your facts straight before you stick your neck in Don't be a Megan There are Megans and Megans as nice as can be but not many who spell it so pretentiously. Megan with a Y? Oh, for heaven's sake. Plus, don't our friends named Karen deserve a break? She's the only one who comes up when you Google this spelling, which I think makes my argument even more compelling. Don't be a Megan. Don't be mean and grouchy. Don't pander to morons by slandering Dr. Fauci or playing to the bigots on the far, far right. And by the way, neither Santa or Jesus was white. Don't start attacking the black national anthem like we're all your servants and you're the Earl of Grantham for a base whom you're constantly egging on. Don't be a Megan. I mean, the one who's on the tally, whose last name is Kelly. Take it from me. Don't be a Megan. Wait, don't stop the video. Just one more quick thing, and I promise I'll be fast. If you enjoy these weekly videos, I hope you'll consider supporting them so I can keep them going. You can do that for as little as $2 a month, and you get fun rewards. Check out my Patreon link and other support options in the description below, and I promise I'll keep helping you laugh at news that might otherwise make you cry. Thanks.